let me pull up all the articles real quick. I'll go ahead and start it. All right, welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Uh, if you will excuse my lack of enthusiasm on this episode, I have a sinus infection, so I'm hoping Mike can pull me through today. But, yeah, I'm uh, used, to, used to pulling you in all the games, even though we never play Call of Duty together. I know, I don't hardly ever play. And I swear, I was trying to get like people from the mean lore chat to, to join, but everybody's flaking out. I thought Tyler might have gotten on there, but uh, he was uh, a no-go. And then uh, somebody else said that he did the PNS podcast, so I guess uh, we're too small time for him, so... We aren't uh, that special, unfortunately, but we're, we're not. There. I know. I, I like to think so. My mom tells me I'm that special, but uh, man, at least she just talks to you. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you hear stuff in the background, I have all four kids, uh, so excuse any background noise that may be happening. So this is just going to be a shit show. So let's go ahead and get it started. Yeah, uh, I do if you have apologize too. Because I have a cat in the room and she will not stop meowing. So if you hear meows, it's not in pain. It's seeking attention. I promise. And, and licking that peanut butter. <laughs> no so. cats were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead and follow us uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, if you can, leave us a review. We actually got two new five-star reviews, Mike, since our last podcast. No kidding. They finally listened to us and went through with it. No kidding. I, I mean, I'm super static about it, and I'm just more curious as if they took my advice and stole somebody's phone, so that way they could leave us a review. So uh, this comes from CGoeb35. It says five stars, love it, thumbs up emoji, and uh, Segundo210, great to a podcast, been a listener and subscriber for months, very informative. So I want to great, greatly appreciate Segundo and CGoeb35. Uh, I Mr. Will, 35, you, you need to put more words into that, that review. Thank you very much. But yeah, thank you. I, I'm just glad he did uh, leave us words because, you know, sometimes I, I I don't know. iTunes is a little odd. I think if you just leave the five stars, sometimes I don't think the review takes because I have stolen family members phones uh, and tried to leave us five stars to see if it worked because uh, and uh, it doesn't stick. So I think you got to like actually leave words. But anyway, so Goeb and Segundo, if you guys want to shoot us a, or shoot me, I should say, a uh, DM on social media and give me your, like just a screenshot saying that you left it and uh, your address, and I will send you guys some swag. And that goes for anybody else. If you are listening to this podcast and you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, screenshot it and send me your address and I will send you some free swag. So be looking out for that. If you guys are listening to this podcast, go ahead and shoot me a message. and I will send you guys some free stuff. So uh, go them. Also, go ahead and check us out on social medias. Speaking of social medias, you can find me everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. You can find Mike at Just Pews on Facebook and Instagram and Tatcat Actual on Instagram. Also, go ahead and check us out at JustPews.com. That's where you can find articles, latest uh, episodes, links to the stories that we talk about on the episodes. Mike, as you know, I was on top of it today and sent you the episodes. Yeah, I think this is the first time you've sent me the the articles before we went into the podcast. Also, bless you, big guy. Bless. Shit, I was I was trying to reach the mute button, but I could not do it. Oh Jesus! The so yeah, struggle's real while you're sneezing. It's like trying to remember, like like you're driving and you're sneezing and you're trying to shift lanes and you try to put your turn signal on, 
but then it just doesn't happen. It's 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 wild. In a, in a oh shit. And 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 here he goes. No no no. Here here. Okay everybody, I am going to narrate this. He's le- there. We go. He just sneezed. Okay. Thank you so much. I You're was welcome. able to get. <laughs> There we go again. He is a ticking time bomb, folks. Oh shit! I'm sorry, folks. This is this is going to be a struggle. But uh, as I was telling Mike, I'm going to be out of town uh, for the rest of this week, so this is the only time. And here we go again, folks. I'm going to let you know right this now is, that I'm going to oh. be narrating these sneezes all night, and it is going to be hilarious. Mm. Anyway, fuck. I am sorry, ladies and gents. But anyway. Uh, I think JustFuse.com and also Patreon. Uh, check us out there. Got a strap in the party. Who the fuck let this in the party? Beat him up. Beat him up. Beat him up. Beat him up. I was seeing double in the projects. Mad at myself. Let him put it to the side. Mama had to cater for the coop that we rode at the school on the way to Popeye's. And niggas want to play both sides. Just a red dot. Don't get on the wrong red eye. It's a headshot. They can't woo them guys. Fuck around and bury two of them guys. I'm in Paris, I'm in France. And, I thought that oh, I told no. you Okay, so the first article that we're going to be talking about tonight, everyone, is the CDC director has decided that they're going to take on firearm violence for the first time in decades. And that apparently that she says, I'm not here about gun control. So they're just going to be going after gun violence. This article is from Business Insider. And as Nick is going to tell you at the end of the podcast, if you're looking for any of these articles, they will be on the website for the post for this podcast. So look out for those. But Dr. Rochelle Walensky, I think that's a Polish last name, so she should know better than to do something like this. She says that the scope of the problem is just bigger than we're even hearing about, and when your heart wrenches every day, you turn on the news and you're only hearing the tip of the iceberg. And it says Congress stopped funding the CDC's gun violence research in 1997, and they're going to be basically turning that back up, which is really, I mean, it's kind of funny that they're doing this because the last time the CDC dug into, quote, gun violence, end quote, we ended up getting the best statistic against gun control, which is the CDC essentially stating that firearms are used defensively every year between 500,000 and 3 million times a year. Compared that to the you know, approximately 11,000 people that get killed a year um, through, quote, gun violence, end quote. And you're saving a whole bunch more lives by having people owning firearms than you are losing lives. Absolutely. And... I tell you what, this is a absolute fucking travesty. And he's about to sneeze again, it looks like. Are you? Are you? No. Oh, yeah, my no. God. This, <laughs> this is fucking awful, Mike. I don't know what I got myself into, but we are recording, so fuck it. <laughs> it's right. Oh, now. shit. Look who's here. It, is <laughs> it Chris? Chris. Oh, my God. So Chris has joined the podcast. Uh, Chris, formerly of Derplist, but uh, you also are the admin of many, many gun groups sir sir you inspired me to make memes at one point i just want to let you know i was about to get rid of tat cat and i remember derp listening like i gotta keep going for this guy <laughs> good to hear good to hear that's awesome so uh chris we were just talking about uh cdc is now coming at and starting researching gun violence as a public health crisis again uh which is a bunch of horseshit obviously and mike made a very good uh very good point in saying it actually when they did it last time they actually created the best statistics against gun control yeah so 
And this, this kind of actually goes along with the, this story. I'm kind of jumping around on this one, Mike, but this story comes to us from Ameland, and its uh, title is Child's Play, Kids Exposed to Toy Guns Aren't Prone to Violence. So this is a, you know, obviously a, not very much a shocker, uh, but going off, you know, Chris, you're probably the older of uh, the three of us here. I know I'm older than Mike, but I think you might be a little older than me. Uh, but, you know, we play with guns with as kids all the time. You know, we made, they had the sticks uh, that looked like guns, you know, Halloween costume props or the cap guns and stuff like that. And uh, a, a study uh, that's recently was published as an article, article from Michael G. Thompson, who is a Ph.D., uh, came out and said that kids that are exposed to guns at a younger age actually are less prone to violence than kids that haven't. Probably because they know that, you know, this is a, you know, this is a toy, but obviously it's based off of something that's real that can harm people. So you need to treat guns with respect, that kind of stuff. You know, I tr- I exposed my kids to firearms super early. Uh, you know, I got a seven and a ten year old. And I had them handling guns around five or six, you know, little 22s, like a, a Smith & Wesson uh, M&P 22 compact, Buckmark, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I easily gave them, you know, I gave them the, the firearm safety rules. And we actually went to a public outdoor range one time. And the RO actually came to us when my son was like about six and said that he had better gun handling than a lot of the adults out there. But that's because you, you know, teach them and show them how to do it. Yeah, you grow up with it, and then like second nature thing. I mean, I remember when I was like ten years old, I had a four ten and a twenty two under my bed. Like they were my guns, and I'm I don't think I'm a violent person, but yeah. And then I understood the difference between the, the toys and the the real ones too, you know. So absolutely. And this and is Mike, inter- what's interesting about this is it actually kind of coincides with what uh, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson starts talking about when he starts talking about tough love. You know, basically, t- like spanking your kid, letting your letting your kids roughhouse with each other, roughhousing with the parents, lets them know where the uh, limits are in terms of how they're allowed to interact with society. Not doing that doesn't give them the boundaries that they need going into adulthood. And you know, playing with these toy guns lets these kids realize, you know, yeah, these are the real ones are actually dangerous. These ones are plaything, and it lets them make the mental note that. You know, if I play with one of these, like a real one, these are going to be the consequences of it. And it's not going to be all, you know, all laughs and and giggles anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, Mike, unless you got any illegitimate children running around, I don't think you have any kids yet to uh, give any kind of. No, I mean, unless unless you consider cats, you know, they are the the, the perfect apex predator in the world. But uh, yeah, no, I don't have any 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 illegitimate offspring running around, unfortunately. That you know of. Yeah, the key word right there. Actually, it's, uh, just a quick funny side story, Chris, and, and uh, you, you can probably know some people like this. I knew somebody in the Army that uh, he constantly was, you know, going around and, and, you know, having these paternity tests done on him. But he always said, like, oh, yeah, you know, John PCS to Germany. or You know, he'd always give him, like, fake duties. You know, he was like... In, in con us but he was always saying like oh yeah john pcs to germany or pawn john pcs to korea so they're always trying to find him for so uh, next article comes to us from the farms blog and, and this one I'm, i kind of have mixed emotions about but i totally understand uh thunder ranch oregon facility officially on the market now if you don't know who clint is from thunder ranch you need to fix yourself uh, he is a perfect example of great colloquialisms in the gun industry 
you might know him as the kind of older, raspier voice guy that always cusses at people. Uh, there was a video that went viral a few months or maybe even probably a couple years ago now where he uh, took a Phobos holster that somebody had in like a sweatsuit and he just yanked it out and crushed it and gave him a good holster for the rest of his class. But anyway, they are based out of Oregon, and they are going to continue to finish their classes that they have scheduled there, but they're actually going to be relocating to the Las Vegas area. Uh, so, you know, that is it's interesting. That obviously, what they have said is that Oregon um, has anti-gun and become less of a free state as it is. Uh, it doesn't seem like a very good, you know, place for their base of operations for what they do and what they believe in so they decided to go to las vegas uh you know i don't las vegas and nevada isn't a you know less free state but i definitely don't think of guns except for shot show obviously uh maybe because of the clientele there i guess i don't know if you guys I mean, what do you guys think on this well, i mean isn't nevada starting to lean way more left anyways like that's I what i was that kind of thinking yeah I don't think that's going to be a bastion for much longer. I mean, I understand getting out of the Pacific Northwest because I, I left Washington just in time. But as I was leaving, they were doing the all firearms transfers need to go through FFL regardless if they're personal or not. You got to go to training to get rifles like a 1022 was considered an assault rifle and all that type of stuff. So I understand getting out of the Pacific Northwest, but I don't think Nevada is, is going to be a bastion for longer. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't see this as much as a business move as much as it is. You know, Clint, Clint is put together with titanium rods and super glue. That is what allows that man to move. Um, I see this more of as he's getting old, he's tired of feeling sore in the winter, and Nevada's usually warm year-round, year you know? So, you know, I understand the anti-gun perspective of it, but I think ultimately this is just because he's tired of being sore in the winter. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that as well. And I, like I said, I can also maybe see it as maybe he just wants to get the bigger money clients. You know, as a business move as well, you got to think there's probably more people that can fly into Las Vegas than versus Oregon for firearms classes. Yeah, and there's probably a lot more people that rather visit Nevada than Oregon. I and mean, Oregon has turned into an absolute shit show. I have a friend that lives uh, near Portland. And I mean, he sends me videos all the time. Like he has, he has some drug addicts that are right up against the fence of his property, and the cops can't do anything about it because of the leadership. It's ridiculous. Yep. And this is a uh, story I wish we had Chris on. Uh, this comes to us from the Hattiesburg American, and miss, the title of it is Mississippi Second Amendment Weekend: uh, No Sales Tax Due on Firearms, Ammo, or Hunting Supplies. Now, this is pretty interesting because I know. At least, like, here in Alabama, every now and then we'll have, uh, like, you know, back-to-school tax-free weekend where they don't have uh, taxes on school supplies or clothing and shoes. Uh, every, like, we also, once a year, we have uh, back-to-school, or not, uh, emergency preparedness tax-free weekend where they don't charge taxes on things like generators, uh, stuff like that. But Mississippi has a Second Amendment tax weekend where there's no sales tax on farms, ammo, or hunting supplies. Uh, would that make you guys go out and buy something if you knew you wouldn't have to pay taxes on it? How big the purchase is. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I already, like, my gun shop knows that I don't want to pay sales tax. And he's perfectly fine with me just bringing in firearms and ammunition. Like, I order the ammunition so I don't have to pay sales tax on it. And he's fine with me ordering my guns and having them shipped to him because he knows I don't want to spend, I think it's like 40 or $50 per gun below $1,000 in sales tax. 
He completely you, understands that. So aren't you fucking special? Oh, I am very special. <laughs> I am God. the best customer he has because I'm literally in there for ten minutes, not even, and he has me out of there, and he's getting thirty bucks from. Him. There you go. And speaking of prices on ammo, uh, Vista Outdoor Brands. This comes just from the Fire Farms blog. Title of this ammo price increase coming for Vista Outdoor Brands, uh, and it's you know obviously very fucking self-explanatory uh they have released a statement on august 6th saying that they uh are glad for the continued support from american jobs and manufacturing uh but effective november 1st cci federal heavy shot remington and spear ammo will have price increases and it will be represented in 2022 prices so you're going to be looking at an increase between three to five percent in most cases uh and reloading components like primers and powder uh, you could see a possible 10 to 15% jump in prices. Uh, now, I know, Mike, you want to get into reloading, but I don't think you do. Chris, do you do any reloading? Uh, yeah, I'm actually sitting on a reloading desk right now. It's not set up from our move yet, but like I have all my stuff right here. Like, stuff like I do primarily just rifle for precision stuff, not like I'm going to like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's Prices go up on everything all the time. And uh, like, yeah. I, I was at my dad's house. I could go in his basement, and he has boxes of white box Winchester, marked two ninety nine a box that he bought when I was in high school for <laughs> if I knew what If I knew then what I knew now, my my summer job cash would have just been going into buying cases of 556 five, and stock in this case. Fuck yeah. I think but, this is kind of weird. Seen... Like, didn't they but, just increase the price? Five, three to five percent, not even two months ago. Like I'm pretty sure this outdoors did. That and that's why I wanted to bring this up because we've already seen a price increase of ammo uh, from these major outdoor brands. Like at the beginning of the year, it might have been in the spring, right before summer. Uh, and obviously, they're they're talking about doing it again. And I don't know if it's because of metal. Is it because of demand? Is it caught? You know, maybe they finally decided to buy some some more machining. And they got to help pay off the, the the new machining, you know. If it, honestly, if it's because of more machining, so that way they can just churn out more boxes of ammo, I would be cool with it. But I, you know, I wonder what's the reasoning. Probably I mean, because they they're happy to get sixty dollars a box for fifty rounds of fucking nine millimeter. Well, I, I don't think this is getting at that point, but they see people willing to pay that. Like I I saw a laser brass going for. Forty-six dollars a box for fifty of them, like FMJ nine millimeter. Like people are willing to pay that, and they're going to push it until people aren't. In addition yeah. to manufacturing costs going up and raw materials and whatever. Well, and speaking of increase of ammo prices, uh, this is something that has been going on for a little bit, and well, it's been going on for about a week or two now. But it has been the basically the fucking talk of the town, and I got several articles, uh, ones from Recoil, ones from Ammoland. Uh, and that is the State Department's ban on Russian ammo. Uh, it is, I mean, it was insane because you were starting to see steel ammo go down to basically pre-COVID prices from what I've seen. Uh, you also actually even saw some uh, like surplus ammo, like 762 by 39 surplus ammo uh, pre-COVID prices. And then this happened. And then now you're seeing like steel 556 for like, six hundred dollars for a thousand rounds i mean you're all basically seeing steel priced ammo for brass price ammo prices 
that you know it's it's the same. It's a wash almost. And it's because and, people don't understand what's happening. That, I think that's why we're seeing the prices jump. It's because people are prematurely panicking to a certain extent. Well, and we had a good conversation with our our good buddy Cole that we've had on the podcast before, where uh, he stated that you know if you are looking to get a license from the state department, uh, you're obviously not going to get a new one. But the license, the import licenses for uh, Russian ammo is still good. But once they come up for renewal, I think he said, you know, like in 2023 is like the latest that it'll, you know, have to be coming up for renewal. Yeah. The State Department is not going to renew those import licenses. So you're going to see basically it just trickle down to eventually nothing. And, I, you know, honestly, I don't see a huge uh, demand for steel. I, I don't know why, you know, people are just flooding to to purchase it because with brass ammo i mean brass ammo is available now it may not be the price that you want to pay for it but it is available i would much rather obviously have you know brass ammo versus steel ammo yeah and the the reason people are picking it up is because it's about to be uh, banned and that's why people want to have it it's like black talent ammo oh it's gonna get banned we gotta buy it all up it's not getting banned they're just reliving the fucking box yeah i mean it's kind of this is all this is is the Biden administration trying to pass gun control by doing import restrictions. Yes. That's all yes. it is. And I mean, it's hilarious how it's written because with how with how this importer with how yeah, how these restrictions are, you know, the only the restrictions can only be removed after a year. They can only be removed by the executive branch, i.e. Biden. And they can only be removed once it's been certified that the russians have met several conditions and i'm i'm doing the finger quotations that you can't see because i'm not on video so after they've met several conditions and they've been verified that's the only time that these these restrictions can be removed and it's hilarious that it's only the executive branch that can remove them well i i mean i just feel that this is just like you said mike a a roundabout way to try and impose some sort of gun control. Uh, now, I personally feel that you know you're going to see people freak out for probably two to three years, but I think these ammo manufacturers are going to move to other countries where they can be imported from. Uh, yeah. Turkey is yep. something that I mentioned because Turkey right now has just a plethora of imports uh, of guns, shotguns, things like that. And Turkey is also close enough to Russia to where that they can still keep their Russian customers that they sell the steel ammo to, uh, whether it be like, you know, contractors or whatever it may be. Uh, But, you know, that would be just a quick and easy pick up and and move from Russia to, you know, Turkey, Ukraine, whatever it may be. Yeah, I agree. I think somebody on the market is going to say, like, yeah. I mean, I I don't necessarily care, like, because I don't have any county calibers. And I, I'd rather shoot brass anyways, but like the 762, uh, 545, and the 54 stuff, there's dudes that dig that. There's a large part of the market that will buy those, and somebody just has to jump on and have the capability to keep up with the demand for it, and they'll be able to come out ahead on this. Hey, hey, well, I'll have you know, 9mm isn't a commie caliber, and that is literally all my Glock is eating right now, is steel case tool ammo. <laughs> I Find steel kit like before this came out. Like, I want to find some powder puff, like super, like hot shot or whatever crappy five five six. And I can't even find that right now. All yeah, I can I get got, is 
I got so lucky. My local shop had had the box of tool ammo for nineteen ninety nine, a box of fifty, and I ended up stocking up. It's the very first time I've ever bought ammunition there. <laughs> well, now I will say something that I think that a lot of people aren't. You know, they're all just talking about steel ammo because obviously that's one of the major manufacturers of Russian ammo. But something I think a lot of people aren't seeing as well, uh, or thinking about in my mind, is the Milserp ammo. You know, you have a lot of Milserp, uh, you know, Moisin the God ammo. You have a lot of uh, Milserp 7639 and the old spam cans and stuff like that. Like I, like, I have six or seven Moisin the Gods. Like, I just bought them back when they were less than $100, and they were so fun that I just, you know, bought several of them. And I, ha- I still have, like, three or four unopened spam cans. Uh, and, you know, that's something that, you know, whenever I saw it at a good deal, I'd buy it. And the same thing uh, with 762 by 39 I got one spam cam of 762 by 39 old Comblock uh, Milserp. You know, that's something that I think, and also 762 by 25 the Nagant uh, rifle caliber, or pistol calibers. Uh, you know, a lot of people still get those cheap, you know, Nagant semi-automatic pistols because... They're, they're cheap and, and fun to shoot, and the ammo was pretty cheap. Uh, that's something else that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about when they're talking about this Russian ammo ban. I didn't even think about that, honestly, because, I, like I said, I don't shoot Russian stuff, so I don't think about that uh, that aspect of it. It's hard to get surplus 5.56. So. You know, Nick, I mean, get it. Yeah, I just, I'm just going to say, you know, if you got those those no, those Mosins for 100 bucks, I'll double your money on one right now. Give me 200 uh, even. You know, I, I might take you up on that. No, sh- no fucking lie. I got. Uh, I no seriously kidding. got like six or seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, for for a minute there, I just went on a got fucking spree. And every time I saw one for less than hundred bucks, this is like back when they were just creeping up to like one twenty five, one fifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you still had some shops selling them for less than hundred bucks. If I saw one for a hundred or less, I was like, I'll fucking buy it. And uh, I got six or seven of them. I got um, two or three carbines, and then the rest of them are. Uh, just regular Nagants, but you know the carbines are super cool because they got the the old uh, bayonets attached to them that just fold out and shit. So how well, many of them are zero? Fucking zero. But now I will I will say uh, I did buy one from a guy that bubbed it so fucking bad, and I got it for like fifty bucks. That's the only reason I got it, uh, and it's just garbage. Like he, I mean, the barrel was cut correctly, so that was fine. But he, you could tell, like he took the, the stock and cut it, and like didn't even bother sanding it down. It's just like a, a straight edge uh, at the end where the stock, you know, the foregrip was. It's just horrible. And he uh, uh, tap and dyed it, and he's got like some cheap Tasco. And I just left it as is, just because it was just a good meme gun, uh, Bubba uh, Moisin God. But zero in Archangel uh, stocks there, Chris. I, th- I think you should be proud of me. So speaking about me being older than y'all. When I was like a senior or junior in high school, me and my dad went to a gun gun show, gun show, and I bought an SKS. I remember those. You say that, but I mean, I was going to gun show. I mean, how old are you, Chris? Like, you don't have to like. Are you over forty? No, I'm thirty six. Okay, so I'm I'm thirty four. So like, we're not too far off. And, God and I, damn I, you, fucking grandpas. God damn. <laughs> but I, yeah, I remember that going to gun shows in high school in junior high because like me and my me and my uh, best bud growing up. Uh, would always go to gun shows like that was our thing and uh, I remember seeing SKS's and AK's AK's for like 200 250 you know yeah. uh, back in the 90s yeah yeah and then I I did the dumb thing so I bought I put it in a Tasco stock I put a Tasco oh, Jesus detachable magazines on it and all that and then 
I realized that was dumb, and I sold it to a guy I worked with, and I bought an EOTech with the money. So I made a profit on it, but... Yeah. Now, I got two SKSs that way. Uh, one, I uh, dummied it and made it like where I can accept the SKS mags, but mm -hmm. uh, the other one is still just a regional box mag on it, so yeah. I left it alone. They're the handy little rifles. Like They were super cool, yeah. So, I mean, they were they did what you needed to do. They weren't tack drivers, but... I could hit clay pigeons at 100 yards with it, so whatever. Oh, ask anybody from Nam; they were pretty good rifles. Yeah. All right. And speaking of of shit, just you know, Biden trying to you know roundabout way of, of imposing gun control. I just want. Hey, to hey, hey, here. man! That was four or five days ago, man. Well, speaking of that, just I want to just list all this shit, and this is coming to us from Emily uh, of the firearms that were left there. Uh, there was 61,000 M203 rounds. Uh, twenty-one or twenty thousand grenades, uh, mortars with plus, you know thousand plus rounds, um, sixteen thousand night vision goggles. Now this literally broke my heart for two reasons: one, because I don't have any NVGs yet, and two, uh, you know, like the whole time when I was in the army, you know, the, the whole thing was we own the night. That's what made us like the the baddest motherfuckers over there in the Middle East is because we had the night vision and we could do night ops. Uh, but now they have 16,000 of these fucking, and I, you know, they're all either PBS 14s or older. Uh, so they're not like, you know, any PBS thirties that they're walking around in there with quad tubes. Uh, but still, well, you can you hope. Know, yeah. Who, what was the, uh, oh, shit. What's the name, uh, the name of that brand where you can take two PBS 14s and make them dual tubes. Oh, they, the they, yes. I think TNVC has one. There's okay. another, there's another brand. I can't remember what it is. Uh, but anyway, maybe they can make them some like PBS uh, 14s or whatever the fuck. Um, they left 10,000 air-to-ground rockets, uh, thermal scopes and thermal monogoggles, uh, two or 2,520 bombs, millions of rounds, and this is this is what really should piss you off. Millions of rounds of 7.62, uh, nine million rounds of 50 cal. Uh, you That's also left, I think it. Say so what now? That's not that much 50 cal to be to be honest. It depends on what you're using it in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It also depends if your ba if 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 your pockets are as deep as the government's or not. God, I was just talking to my uh, girlfriend the other day about this. Like between all the government buildings being shut down and school being out and them not, you know, like paying, you know, using my taxes to turn the lights on or or whatever the fuck, and then all this shit being left there, I was like, I should get a hell of a fucking refund next year. Yeah, no kidding. Like, where's the refund, or why isn't the money going directly into paying off our debts as a, as a country? I'll just take it seriously. Shit, man. I think yes, the thing exactly. that really... Back on this, on this article, though, I think the thing that really bothers me the most that they got were the administration-level encrypted cell phones and laptops that are all operational. Yep. That yep. is dangerous. Yep, that's in, that's in here as well. Uh, 600,000 plus small arms, M16, 249s, uh, M24, uh, 50 cals, uh, close to 1,400 M203 grenade launchers, M134 miniguns, and 20 millimeter Gatlin guns. So all that was left in oh, Afghanistan. So, and I don't say forget left, the Blackhawks. Oh my God, fuck! Have you seen on Twitter where uh, the Taliban was actually flying it around, hanging people like they? fucking push people out of the door to hang them in the air in front of everybody. I, I saw the yes. video of them like, attempting to take off with it. But. No, I'll, I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you the picture. I'll probably put it in the, uh, the, the group chat. But yeah, there's a motherfucker flying around 
with a body hanging out in a noose. You know I mean, I, a lot of people want to live in a Mad Max world, and uh, it looks like well, that's what Afghanistan is now. Yeah, but it, it, in speaking of that, and this, and this uh, comes to us from the NRA ILA, so pardon the source, but uh, just thought this was interesting. Taliban confiscates civilian firearms on day one as, once they took over. Yeah. So when you talk about Mad Max, it, it's more like North Korea. I mean, I've never seen Mad Max, so... <laughs> You've never seen Mad Max? I've never seen Mad Max. I was just talking out of my ass. I was about to say, not even the new one? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus. You have a homework assignment. God damn, no, seriously. Do you see what you I deal with on this, Chris? Do you see what I deal with in this? I mean, like, it's not even a 10-year difference, but, like, look at the, the generational difference between the two of us. We're still millennials. I'm in tears right still- now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna send you nothing but Tina Turner memes for the next four days. Who's that? Who's the king of Bada Town? <laughs> God damn. The blaster. Yes. <laughs> Mike, you're killing me, man. All oh, right, that's this, part of my job. This next article comes to us from Guns.com. Uh, the NYPD is getting rid of their 12-pound trigger pulls uh, to go to the regular standard Glock of about five pounds. And I Probably thought this was interesting. Because they're tired of looting, you know, only having a 10% accuracy rating. I don't think that's going to help, be honest with you. But I think they're going to because there's going to be a lot of NDs. I, I agree with you. I do. Just because I will say this, like, I mean, at my old department, we've had people ND into mirrors because, you know, like, there will be a, a kicked-in back door and they're clearing a house. And whenever they go through the house to clear and make sure the burglar's not there, they accidentally... <laughs> you know, run into a mirror and they scare the shit out of themselves looking at their own reflection and they'll shoot the fucking mirror thinking it's a bad guy. Yeah. Can I just read... I need to read this real quick because this made me funny. Subsequently, the new class of officers to hit the streets of Gotham in October will be using the new NYPD triggers. So, do you guys think Batman will be getting one? Are they... uh... Giving the new guys the standard triggers and keeping the heavy triggers for the, the people previously trained in it. That's what it's reading. Really oh yeah, that makes well. It's that just makes, like the well. It's like the last uh, last episode we talked about the LAPD going to the FN FN on or FN five hundred nine. Uh, just any you know when you have now. that many officers. What was the the whatever special LAPD one? But yeah, uh, MRD Shelly, Jesus Christ, sir. Yep. You need to you need to get these names down packed. Oh, fuck. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you have that many officers, it's just not physically capable to replace all the firearms at once. Uh, they'll yeah. replace them as either, like, a firearm goes down or, you know, they got to replace the firearm because one's being held to evidence for, like, an officer-involved shooting uh, or new officer, stuff like that. So, yeah, it, no. they'll just get it, you know, they'll be trickled in. All right. That, make, that makes sense. Next article. Next. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, wait. Next wait. article comes to Ah, uh, fuck, go, Mike. I got a question for you. Is it true that for a century, it says it's over a century, the police in New York City have been using a trigger that was 12 pounds or heavier? No. Oh, well, then that article's full of shit. Well, it's obviously... I mean, well, you gotta think, too. I mean, before they had, like, you know, old fucking revolvers. Those weren't 12 pounds, unless you're using using the double action. This is true. This is true. Were they using the double action? Was that the... The go-to? Well, no, it was you know double action, single action. So I mean, it wasn't like no, cowboy I mean, guns like, where. What were they primarily trained to use? Like, were they were they trained to to cock? Were they trained to 
use that double action trigger and only use a single action when they were needing more accuracy? Like That's a good question. I mean, that's before my time. You know, even yeah, when I got my firearms instructor certification from the FBI, uh, they don't they didn't teach us uh, in revolvers. It was like yeah. a couple years before us that they got rid of the revolvers. Before to get FBI firearm certification, firearm instructor certification, you had to be uh, certified in, in how to instruct in revolvers as well. But they got rid of that as well. So I mean, that's that's before my time. That's just one of my like weird autism minutia questions. You know how I am. It's a good question. I mean, it's it's a valid question in my opinion. Yeah. I'd be surprised that they did train to to cock the hammer for safety purposes. Because I imagine they'd hate to have an officer try to manually decock a, a revolver. Because I know, so I know when I was running that the wheel gun in IDPA for a little bit, I would look at all the old like state trooper videos and shit I could find, and all those guys were double action and like doing the like the press when they got out and when they locked out they would fire. You know what I mean? Like they'd be stacking yeah. the trigger they were presenting. But I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. NYPD style. Well, like even going back to now, I do know this, like Berettas, uh, like back when Berettas were the thing, uh, you know, you would do the double action first. But I mean, as soon as that as soon as that first shot went, you were going to single action and it wasn't a 12 pound, 12 pound trigger then. And I know for, you know, for a fact, you know, back in the, the 80s and 90s, NYPD issued Berettas. So, uh, see, I didn't know that. I didn't know what they had before the Glocks. So I didn't know if they were the 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 Smith and Wessons, the 69 series or now they had, they had some of those, but I mean, there was, there was a lot of, of, uh, bread is, uh, issued for a long time before Glocks came out. So I know that uh, teams had many 14s. Yep. Hell yeah. God, I was just watching an old fucking, uh, movie. It was like prison riots or some shit like that. Oh, uh, my cousin Vinny. And, uh, you know, they had the department of corrections there and you had the guys in the guard towers with fucking mini 14s. I think the guards in, uh, Blues Brothers had them too. Yep, yep. That was the shit back in the day. It's cool. Yeah. It's crazy to think about, but I mean, still a pretty cool little rifle. I would love one, but they're a thousand dollars, and I can get yes. a much better AR. Like if they were five hundred, I would buy one tomorrow. Even if it was seven fifty and less. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Seven fifty and less, I could justify myself buying. I don't yeah. want one for the A team, like just to do an A team build. Was it uh, mm. Samson Manufacturing's making the, the Mini fourteen? Like side folder eighteen stocks now. Like, oh my yep. god! I need one now. I could see Mike being like a little Polish wannabe, uh, fucking ice. T- what was it? what was that fucker's name? What, what, what? the fool, Mr. T. Oh, uh, I, I, you be. I could see you being a Polish Mr. T. I mean, I can. I can hundred percent. Like like this. a knockoff, like a knockoff <laughs> Russian version of Mr. T. Mike, did you get a rifle yet? I know you're talking about it for a while. But... No, I'm still waiting for ammo prices to come down a little bit. Fuck that. Go buy a gun. God. So speaking God. of this shit. Okay. So speaking of rifles, it's gonna happen. It, it's gonna happen. And this just goes to show how fucked up the ATF is in all aspects. Okay. Wait, Nick. So, wait. I have to point out, I just saw Chris's username on the program we're using, and I absolutely love it. It is poop, popo. popo. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you missed it earlier, Chris, man. Like, fucking Mike had to drag my ass because I was having a sneezing fit. And, like, half the time I couldn't reach the mute button. And, like, thank God my girlfriend heard me, like, having a, a fucking sneezing seizure back here. And she brought me a whole box of tissues, as you can see. She brought me a whole fucking box well, of tissues. Oh, we can't see it because of your, uh, your handy-dandy fake green screen there. Yeah, go fuck off. You can uh, put but, it in uh, front of your face. But back to my story is that my department ordered 
a bunch of SBRs that we're going away finally from uh, patrol shotguns and we're getting patrol rifles. And we ordered the Smith and Wesson MP15. Uh, fuck, Smith and Wesson MP15 SBRs, and we ordered those bitches in February. We are still waiting for the ATF to approve a law enforcement agency to have SBRs. That's government efficiency right there. Seriously, like, just my administrator today was like, hey, what's going on with our fucking rifles? And I was like, I just talked to him last week. We're still waiting on ATF. They're saying they hope we can have them by October. Why'd you guys go with uh, SBRs over 16-inch guns? <sighs> That's just what my administrator wanted. Uh, I gave him the options, and uh, he wanted to go with, because there was a shooting here recent, like, around that time, whenever he, wa- he's like, all right, we're going to go with rifles instead of shotguns. And... Um, we have short barreled shotguns currently being issued to our, to our officers. And there was a shooting uh, at the time where it was like uh, close quarters. And that's what like made him go with SBRs is because he wanted us to be able to have shorter barrels to get with, you know, in close quarter response range. Uh, you know are they makes... So what are they 10 fives? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I, tr- I mean, when I was doing all this, I wasn't going to go anything less than 10 fives. Because I mean, there's another agency here that has like seven and a half uh, barrels. And I'm like, you know, fuck that. You're just basically, you know. It's a noisemaker. Yeah, and it's a, it's a waste of, of the cartridge, in my opinion. You know, you yeah. after 10 five or below 10 five, you're wasting all your, you know, start losing velocity and, and advantages of the, the round itself. So, so but. Correct me if I'm wrong, but your agency is a mix of rural and urban, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I kind of saw us maybe we could go for the 16s um, just because of the fact that we could have that, you know, a little bit of a difference, you know, if we needed to reach out and touch somebody. Uh, But for something like that, uh, you know, if it ended up going to where we needed to use it in that rural area, we would just set up a cordon and call in a bigger SWAT team. Okay. It kind of makes sense too, because I'm pretty sure some of your some of your fellow officers have their rifles locked up in the back in the back of their vehicles, or not like not in the trunk, but in the vehicle themselves or itself. No, so that's imagine, something. No. Well, that's something that whenever uh, we went with these SBRs, uh, I had to rewrite policy, and that's something that if your ass is not in that car, uh, that fucking if your ass is not in that car and you're off duty that rifle goes with you so you gotta right, no you know, no what i was saying like if it's in the car with them and they have to respond and get out i imagine it'd be you know dramatically easier to get a 10.5 or or a barrel shorter than a 16 inch barrel out of the car door no not necessarily barrel. no no not necessarily in classes i've taken with vehicle responses uh it's not that bad interesting you learn to see and this is yeah i'm ignorant with rifles so this really goes to show that so yeah, I mean, that, I, go ahead. So not well, kind of. So I have a 12.5 SBR, but the reason I got that is because I wanted a can. So my 12.5 with the can on it is the same overall length as a 16-inch gun. So yeah. Well, I was gonna say, like you know, once you first do it, I could see how you maybe would have that issue, Mike. But uh, after just a few few you know practices of you know just training yourself. You know, getting it out of the gun lock and then getting it out of the vehicle because you're not really going to have the the area to work where you're going to shoulder the rifle inside the vehicle anyway. Uh, you're going to, you know, two-hand it outside the vehicle and then shoulder it once you get, actually get out of the vehicle. No, right, so it's going to be kind of like 
angled upwards while it's coming out yeah. of the vehicle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What were you saying, Wasn't Mike the, or Chris? That video in uh, like North Dakota or some shit where the guy was had his M4 shooting through like, the fucking window. Tucked under his arm, shooting through the window. Yeah. Yeah. It, and none of those fucking rounds hit the the guy because that his front windshield was obliterating those rounds once yeah. it hit it. I, I think. Well, I take it back. I think there was some rounds, but actually, after by the time he got a fucking hole the size of a softball in his front windshield, and yeah, I think he just basically stuck his barrel through that and was was using that as a rest. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We do not need bayonet lugs anymore. We need glass breaker lugs. That would oh, be so okay. much handier. Okay, so side story. Side story. Right <laughs> Alright, so you know those god-awful fucking, like, shark teeth flash suppressors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I had one in Judge Me All the Fuck You Want, and I'm glad Chris isn't here to see this, so I can just deny it uh, <laughs> when you mention it to him, Mike. But uh, I had one of those on my patrol rifle for a short time. And the reason I had it is because uh, we had this one guy, I think he was like wanted for like robbery or something at my old department, and we went up to the car, and I had my rifle, and he wasn't opening it. So what I was doing is I was like, I mean, and I didn't give a shit. I was punching the, the side window with my rifle to break into it, to like reach in there. But I wasn't not, not keeping my gun on him. So what did you fucking do, Mike? I have no idea. I did not do that. I did not do that. <laughs> it's all good. I, I just saw that it. happening. I was like, that's some Mike shit, right? <laughs> but anywho, the, the glass wasn't busting. So I put that uh, shark tooth a uh, little flash suppressor on there so that way it'd be like a glass break. That's actually kind of smart. That, that, that was the only reason I, I put it on there. That's the only reason I did. So, yeah, But it's 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 not on there anymore. So, I don't know if I have my camera on. Can you all see me? I can yeah. see you at the Tiki Lounge. Okay. I don't know what's going on behind me, but can you see that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a little glass breaker on the end, end of a suppressor. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, it's something. It's not enough to... Suppressed flash, but that's that's what I got on my can. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Good for a muzzle pump, I guess. Yep, exactly, and that's what I was, that's what I was saying. You know, you know, have something to to break the glass because, and that's something you'd be surprised that like fucking car glass is hard as fuck to break. It was so hard to break. I mean, you've seen I've seen videos and I've seen it like in you know reality where like people will take uh like batons and just beat the shit out of a window and they're unable to do it just because. They're not getting at the right angle, or they're not putting enough pressure. You know, glass is just one of those fickle things. Have you seen, have you used the, uh, they're on Amazon. It's a little, like, seatbelt cutter slash glass breaker. It's, like, this big, and you just, like, pop it, and it clicks. Yeah, I've But you one. never remember to carry that shit when, like, adrenaline pops. Like, you know, that this the last thing in your mind, if, if you have a situation where you need to carry that kind of stuff, you know, the only thing that you're thinking is co cover, at least for me, when I've been in those situations, is cover concealment and, you know, identifying the threat and either, you know, making sure the threat is, you know, down or making sure that they're covered. So that way, if, if they try to, you know, either point a gun at you or point a gun at, like, you know, one of your partners or somebody else that you can take down the threat. Like, that's one of those things that, like, I never f remember, you know, in, like, my car door pocket or, or shit like that. Yeah, because I know there's there's agencies that uh, teach vehicle interdiction courses, and that's what they they recommend using is those things. Like, I got a, a buddy who's been through a few of those classes on uh, an installation that you might live near, and yep. that's what they thought how to use. 
I got one of those like ten dollar the rescue me whatever ones from Amazon. You know which one I'm talking about? I don't know. Is it inflatable? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, I got one of those, and it's one of the keychain ones where it has the glass breaker where you press it into the corner of the window and it shoots out a little carbide bead. I think it is. And then yeah, it's, kind of, it's exactly what Chris was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got to use that on a seatbelt once. That worked fantastic, and I may or may not have used it on a car window to great effect after someone opened their door on my car. Was she okay afterwards? What? We'll say that again. I don't know. I'm just fucking with. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, so did the rest of the date go okay? I mean, you know, it ended in. Let's just say that <laughs> it ended up in rape. Words, is what you're saying? I mean, chloroform words weren't said. You can't really say that, okay? Oh fuck this tangent. All right, uh, <laughs> talk about some some people uh, that wanted to rape the the Alphabet Boys. Rare breed triggers. Uh, the heroes that we need. Uh, this article comes to us from Recoil, and this article also comes to us from Amaland. Uh, the ATF has basically said that their rare breed FRT-15 trigger is a NFA machine gun, and that they wanted their customer base uh, of who all has purchased one already, and rare breed has told them basically to fuck off. I, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the video or the letter that the rare breed trigger president has sent out. It is amazing. Uh, Lawrence DeMonico, fucking OG, is amazing. It's great. Have you guys uh, seen this? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it. it's like, the video is fantastic. Yep. Like, how he just goes about it, like, he's like, look, basically pulls his dick out and says, hey, ATF, come after me. Well, and they're also, they issued a cease and desist order, and Rare yeah. Breed basically said, no, fuck, fuck, no. And We're they filed a restraining order. Yep. Yep. Which is fantastic. That's what they need to do. And I mean, you know, I hate to say I told you so to everyone back back in 2016 or whenever it was that Trump was trying to pull the bump stock ban. Like the very first thing that I posted on Tac Hat, the very first thing was this is going to open the door to them restricting any accessories as they see fit. Yeah, well, and, I gotta say when this came out, I was saying to myself like this is cool. this is something ATF's gonna after. Have you seen the videos on this thing? It's badass. I have, I have, but I mean, and the, this is this. Legal definitions matter, yep. you know, and I mean, like, I understand why the ATF is going after, but legal definitions matter. It goes in line with the binary trigger. Yep. You know, a machine gun is one pull of a trigger and the gun won't stop firing until you release the trigger. You know, select fire burst modes are, you know, it fires X amount of rounds and then you have to pull the trigger again. And now we're getting into the area of, well, we're going to deem a machine gun based off of an undetermined rate of fire. And technically speaking, every little thing that goes into a firearm can adjust the rate of fire. The trigger rate can adjust the way to fire, the rate of fire. You know, the diff a different type of lube can adjust the rate of fire. You know, taking off metal off of the slide because it turns the slide or makes the slide lighter on a handgun is going to adjust the rate of fire. You know, all these things are going to adjust the rate of fire. So what is going to be the legal definition of a machine gun based on rate of fire? And can that definition be applied to how fast you're squeezing the trigger? So that goes back into, you know, the shoestring thing. Oh, well, you can't have a shoestring while you have a gun that has a reciprocating charging handle. Okay, so if I pull my finger, 
really, really fast on my Glock, and I empty the magazine in three seconds, does that mean that I pulled the trigger too fast and it's now a machine gun? Are we going to get to that point of being arbitrary? I think it's already at that with the ATF, at least. Like, yeah. yeah. I think they're just throwing a bunch of, like, well, look at all the, the pistol ray stuff. Like, if you put a, an optic on it that has a eye relief, then you're, it's a, a rifle. Or if it has this much weight, but not this much weight. Like, I think they're just throwing whatever they can up there. I don't necessarily understand why. Like, what's pushing behind it? Because they're, they're not going to just keep making this shit up on their own without some sort of directive from higher. That's a good point. I mean, I really don't understand where they're getting it from. But, I mean, you know, it, it's definitely not helping matters about who's trying to become the director. And I imagine that has something to do with it. Yeah, but he's not the director yet. You know what I mean? No, like, no. But, I mean, with how long he was in there, you know, with where his wife was positioned within the agent, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't be able to, you know, what's to set things up. And be ready for when when he got nominated, which I don't think is going to happen now. Yeah, but, or his his ideas are common enough within the ATF where they're just trying to screw down gun owners because he hates yep. personal gun ownership, from what I understand. Yeah, and I mean, even I, I think that would be even worse. I think that would be even worse. It'd be like having a person enforcing drug or marijuana laws in California that absolutely hated marijuana. Well, and Mike's digitizing, so I, I just definitely think that the ATF is going to continue and we're seeing it now and if you I don't have this article put up but it was every town has come out and said that they were able to garner a hundred thousand comments for the ghost gun rule that the ATF has put on the comment section uh, the pistol brace comment section is still open for the time being uh, and every town has stated that they want their members to go to the pistol brace now to try and you know leave comments saying that they should you know absolutely rule against pistol braces, but it is obviously the ATF interpreting laws instead of enforcing them. So they definitely are stepping outside of what their constitutional capabilities are. Yeah, but what's the sure? check on that? So what? What's the check on that? Nobody seems to be caring what the ATF does in yep. the legislative branch, and then the executive branch seems to be encouraging it so yeah uh, we haven't had we haven't had a proper checks and balances in so long that i don't think anyone really fucking cares that's in power they're yep. just gonna do what they want to do you know no well, one we're cares seeing that, that in every aspect you know, well yeah i mean you know the atf isn't supposed to be able to enact law without the oversight of congress and here they are they've been doing it the last few years actually longer than that do they yep. do the yeah. same with alcohol and uh, tobacco like do they just make shit up or is it just the firearm side of their enforcement now and i'll call i think they're a little bit obviously a little bit more proactive but tobacco i think it's already such a heavy regulated industry that they don't necessarily need to make up laws because with the you know the smoking crackdown in the 80s and 90s uh you know the the congress has passed so many laws against uh tobacco that it is it's difficult you know for them to to step outside of anything uh, but obviously, when I think when it comes up to making law, uh, obviously the firearms part is way more, uh, they're way more proactive in basically pulling shit out of their ass versus any of the other responsibilities. And I mean, you got to remember the ATF did start selling cigarettes to minors to fund their black op operations or black book. Yeah, we'll go with what Mike said. I, I couldn't understand what he's saying. Is he breaking up for you too, Chris? No, I got him. He said the ATF sold. Was it alcohol or tobacco to minors to fund their uh, 
that are off the book stuff. Yeah. So look, speaking of ATF, uh, this next article comes to us from Amaland, and it's showing a leak showing that the ATF is appointing a Democratic donor to their top lawyer position. And what this is is the chief counsel uh, of the ATF is the most powerful lawyer for the ATF. Uh, they're appointing a Pamela J. Hicks, who was the deputy chief, uh, and she also worked for the ATF's arson, arson division in Los Angeles. But she has since retired from ATF, but you know before she's coming back, and uh, she has donated and worked with the DNC, uh, and she has also worked uh, for gun, you know anti-gun activists winning elections, and also uh, for a group that has called for gun control because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So I wonder what her biases are. Yeah, I'm no, she, she definitely doesn't have any. She definitely does not have any biases whatsoever, and she is perfect for the job. I want to yeah. know why they want to push for gun control because of COVID, or is it just we're throwing COVID on everything because that's the buzz? Uh, because no, it there's works, no fucking telling. It works. You tell people COVID, and then they just throw their lives away. <laughs> And speaking, oh, no, I can't go to work anymore. I can't take my kids to school anymore. My kids can't go to school anymore. I have to pay attention to the TV. Oh, what's going to happen, TV? And then they take a shot, and then they have a fucking stroke because they had a blood clot in their head. And speaking of COVID, uh, that is the reason <laughs> that the NRA is canceling their NRAM uh, in a couple weeks. Well, next week, actually. Not uh, only are the- we losing that. We're losing the TGC panel, which is arguably more important. From my understanding, the TGC panel is a still a go. No, uh, John Patton did a video, I think it was a, a couple of days ago, basically saying that with the NRA show not showing up, a lot of the people that were going to be there for the talk can't come because they can't justify the cost. And uh, a lot of the sponsors aren't going to be showing up because they were also sponsoring the NRA show, which made it worthwhile for them to sponsor the TGC show. Because, like, last year, 2019, um, TGC had to have the panel separate from the NRA show because in the 2018 one, the NRA people were telling TGC, hey, you cannot discuss this topic, you cannot talk about this question, or you answered this improperly. So they have to hold their show off ground from the nra show because the nra tries to censor yeah do you know is john Patton said that he's going to be maybe hold it for shot show i did not see that but i don't if i remember correctly he doesn't like to go to shot show because he's not able to interact with with the followers because it's basically all media so i mean he might but but that's why you have all that extra shit after yeah but i think i think the The thing thing with the nra I think the thing with the NRA show for him was, was the fact that he could go to the NRA show, interact with the people that wouldn't be able to attend his panel, and then still be able to do his panel, and then, yeah. I mean, like, he is the nicest guy. Like, he is absolutely one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. What were we saying, Chris? Oh, I was just making a joke. He can go uh, take a class with Clint Smith while he's there. Well, personally, I think... NRA is canceling this is because they're just kind of kicking the can down the road because of the fact that the shit show it's going to be. You know, they didn't have one last year when all that stuff was really heating up and breaking uh, in regards to the New York Attorney General going after the NRA uh, and the possible criminal indictments coming down to some of the board of directors and Wayne LaPierre. Uh, you know, obviously their bankruptcy was denied uh, in New York from moving to Texas. So I think that they're just kind of uh, grasping at straws and trying to 
delay the inevitable, in my opinion. Or, or hear, hear me out on this. Most of the leadership for the NRA, quite frankly, they're boomers, right? Their immune system's mm-hmm. basically shot. I think they're actually terrified of COVID-19, and I don't think they want to hold the meeting because they don't want to die, even though that would probably be the best thing that's ever happened to the NRA. Yeah, I kind of agree with you as that as well. That's probably another good reason why. Yeah, and you you got to tell me you agree that that, that that would probably be the best thing for the NRA. Uh, come on, give me a cookie here, man. Give me a cookie. Uh, Oreo or chocolate chip? Oreo, double stuff, please. All right, well, go to the fucking gas station and get it yourself. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, next to last main segment topic is going to be the federal court decision coming out of Hawaii stating that their gun registration law is unconstitutional. And this is coming to us from Amalan. Uh, and this happened on the 16th. Uh, the district court for the District of Hawaii uh, granted a motion for summary judgment on plaintiffs stating that their gun registration was unconstitutional. Good. It's this about was, time. Yep. I mean, Hawaii's been behind for a while now. Mm-hmm. Gotta spit out the old dip. Yeah. That's right, Nick. Good again. Yeah. That's dirty. I, I love your, your commentary, Mike. <laughs> That's what you keep me around for. <laughs> yep. You got any thoughts on that, Chris? I mean, yeah, it's a good thing. We'll see if it has any actual effect, because Hawaii is pretty... Uh, up there on shitty gun laws, like pretty pretty close to California, and New York, if I understand correctly. It's actually, I'd say it's worse than California. But the the thing I think that's kind of the scariest for for Hawaiians is they are separate from the mainland. And if the Hawaiian government wanted to, I imagine they could prevent federal law enforcement from coming in to make them abide by court ruling. I imagine they'd be able to do that if they wanted. And that's just because they're so far off from the mainland. Interesting thought. Uh, It's like trying to tell Alaska what to do. Who's going to tell Alaska what to do? Who really wants to go to Alaska and tell them, these people that eat frozen walrus for breakfast, what to do? I don't. Quite quite frankly, I'm afraid of someone that eats frozen walrus for breakfast. Because that's something I'm not able to do. Shit. Well, the last article I have for the main talk, to- shit. Last article for the main topic comes just from Amaland, and I feel that this is just kind of a non sequitur, but I just wanted to throw it out there. The uh, new law being uh, proposed in Congress, which is the National Firearms Amendment Act of 2021, basically would allow any modern rifle or shotgun that accepts the detachable magazine would be subject to the NFA. Well, I mean, the problem with this is, number one, the Second Amendment has been ratified into the 14th Amendment via McDonald versus Chicago, and I'm probably, it's either McDonald or McDonald. So any SCOTUS rulings, and again, we're going to need Cole to verify this, but any SCOTUS rulings that go with the Second Amendment have to be, you know, they're valid, they have to be upheld. And the, there's that 1939 rolling uh, Miller versus the United States that the SCOTUS created the common use clause. Basically, any firearm that is in common use by the United States military is protected by the Second Amendment, and that any firearm that isn't is not protected by the Second Amendment. So this bill would completely go against that SCOTUS rule. Yeah, but if that yep. SCOTUS rule was a thing, why don't I own a 240? 
Well, right, and that's, I mean, that's the thing that's kind of wild, and I, I've talked about this before with Nick on the show. You know, I think we already have the precedent that we need in order to go after the National Firearms Act and win in court. I think it's just the fact that everyone wants to pussyfoot around it because they don't want to risk it being having the NFA have upheld and the wording actually being changed to be worse. But, I mean, just going off of that 1939 ruling, technically we have we have all the all the all the precedent that we need in order to say, look, machine guns are protected, silencers are protected. You need to take them off the NFA, short-barreled rifles, shotguns, etc. They're all protected, so they shouldn't be on the National Firearms Act. But I don't see why anyone's not pushing that harder. Money. Yeah, that's that's a good answer. Money is a big problem. Yeah. Unless you're the government, in which case you just print it off by the buttload. Yeah. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into the gun gear news and reviews. So on this episode, on this episode for Gun Gear News and Reviews, there is some interesting stuff that I wanted to talk about that is coming out. And the first one is Matador Arms new Montago Monolithic 9mm AR Upper. Now, uh, Mike, you got a copy of this article. Chris, you have it. But this is interesting because it almost looks like a, like a Mac uh, 10 sort of upper. It, it's definitely not your traditional AR Upper. Uh, it's a side charging handle. I was actually handle. thinking it looks like a, uh, almost like the uh, Bren from CZ. Almost yeah. like a Bren upper, yeah. And it comes with a price tag of five fifty, which isn't that far out of reach of normal AR uppers. No, it's really not. And I mean, it does. It looks pretty damn cool. It almost looks like it almost looks like it's going to be a cheaper version of the CZ Scorpion, which I think a lot of people like. Is it going to come in seven sixty Toker off or seven five FK? Mm, no, it looks not, like it's I only going to come in nine millimeter. Then I don't care. These are dumb. <laughs> uh, it features a five and a half inch threaded barrel, uh, and its weight is three and a half pounds, and it's got a overall length of twelve and just over a tenth of an inch, uh, and the width is almost one and a half. But it, I don't know. I just thought this was interesting. Just definitely want to throw it out there. Matador Arms, they do make some pretty good stuff, and this is just kind of cool. Uh, if you wanted to make like a, I don't necessarily say like maybe a mean gun, but maybe like a themed gun. Thoughts, crickets. I mean, I mean, it's just for me, it's another nine millimeter AR. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we have a whole bunch of them. I think the design's cool. I don't think it's anything special. Yeah, it's, not, mean, it's nothing special. It's just definitely look different looking. I gotta Google it now. Well, Google it and, and throw your opinion in there, Chris. Whenever you uh, take a look at it. I uh, yeah. wanted to go ahead and talk about this next one, though. It comes to us from Amaland, and I thought this was cool. Sig Sauer announces the P365 Fire Control Group uh, and Sig Custom Works P365. Now, I love how the Sig is... What happened there? You there, Chris? Yeah, just a second. Okay. Uh, I thought this was interesting just because with the Sig Fire Control Groups, 
it really makes the firearm customizable. And you see that with it the does. 320. You see a lot of 320 different uh, accessories that you can change and how you want to. Uh, and 365 is basically the model for subcompact guns. And, you know, them doing this just allows the market to have additional, uh, you know, customizing for the 365s. Yeah, it'd be cool. I'm going to be... The only reason I don't like this is because I don't think they're going to make it... Uh, I don't want to say affordable, but affordable. You know, it's not going to be that much cheaper than just buying a full P365. And if I'm going to spend 400 five, you know, 350 to $400 on, a, on, a, on just the fire control unit, I might as well spend the extra $200 and just buy the slide, the barrel, all the internal components, and get a frame to boot. You know what I mean? Uh- are they, is this leading to different 365 parts? Like, are we going to be able to make a, a long slide with a compact grip and all that? Or is it just a, I can buy a one piece at a time? I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty sure we can already do the long slide on the regular right now. Yeah, but like, so with the, the modularity of it, I like where they're going with it. I just don't, price-wise, I don't know what the advantage is. I see that with the 320, because the 320 has enough different, variations and grips and slides and caliber and all that to to validate buying that fire control and building your own for what you want but i don't don't know i don't know if the 365 has enough modularity at this point or different parts to validate and even with the p320 i'm not sure it's actually worth the money to do the fcu for the pre because i've seen the fcus i think they're like 350 and you can go and buy you know standard p320 for 550 and right yeah. there, you're getting the slide, you're getting the barrel, you're getting all the internal bits, you're getting the frame, the magazine release is already in the frame. I and mean, it's cool, but at the same time, why not just go ahead and buy the other gun that you wanted for the same price? That's true. And have, yeah, because like yeah, a slide by on its own is going to be like four hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. Like just on its own, and then you have to look at the barrel, and I think the cheapest P320 barrel you can get is a hundred and fifty dollars. So that's uh, $600 right there for just the slide and the barrel. And then yeah. you have 350 in for the FCU. You might as well go ahead and go over to Zev and buy the Z3 at that point. Well, it's it's for those people that want those Gucci guns, basically, is what it is. You cannot get Gucciier than the Z320, and I will fight anyone that says otherwise. Uh, fucking Central Alabama, hop your ass in 65 and come on down. Uh, yeah. Shadow Say what now? I thought I thought you were a CZ fanboy. Like, what about the 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 Shadow Two over a C sixty five or three twenty or whatever it is? I mean, oh no, I, like just as far as the three twenty goes, like the most Gucci three twenty you can get is the Z three twenty. That uh, said, I've actually fallen off the bandwagon with CZ. Like, I still have a special place for him, but it was sometime it, it was after the. PO7. I got the PO7. I was really excited, and it was like a honeymoon phase. And then after the honeymoon phase, it was immediate disappointment. Mm. It's like, yeah, like not to get into that too much. But it was like the frame was super fucking slick. It was really hard to get a grip on the slide on the on the slide serrations. The trigger was abysmal. The double action was complete ass. The single action wasn't that good. And then to top things off. The tier one concealed holster, which I it, it was a fluke, but 
I could put my finger into the trigger, into the holster with it fully holstered, fully seated, with the TLR7 on it, and I could pull the double action trigger. And I contacted Tier 1 Concealed, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's normal. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's not normal for me to be able to put my finger inside of the holster while the gun is completely seated and pull a 10-pound trigger. So I tell you what, like, you guys are, are fucking digitizing really bad. I hope it's not going to show up on the podcast, but uh, fucking if it does, it's, it's, it is what it is. I, I can't do nothing. I've been checking my Wi-Fi. Hopefully. I'm pretty sure he just went completely blank. Yeah, I haven't seen Nick in a minute. Just like, I'm going to go. Hello? Oh, it looks like you're here. Is Nick here? It shows he's here, but I don't see him. I've seen a handful of people complaining about failures to eject. Enough to where... Well, I my thing with it is, if I hadn't... If I haven't been seeing the issue, I would do it. But I've seen issues, but I've not seen anyone complain about the factory max. Hmm. Which Glock factory mags are magic sauce. Yeah, it's just only 10 rounds, but I mean, whatever. You just Um, just need to get a 19. I'm fucking back. Oh, it's about time. I know, Jesus. Well, this this is what happens when you have all these fucking kids get on their devices. (laughs) You mean a hurricane coming through? Well, that fucking spectrum has been shit last couple days because of Hurricane (laughs) Ida. But it's also because when these kids go to bed, they fucking... We don't have cable, so they all stream to their TV... And then they probably uh, all either get on their fucking phones or Nintendo Fortnite. Switches or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, so. Anywho. Uh, were, did you hear about the knives that I talked about? No. Not a okay. fucking word of it. Well, anywho. Uh, Half-Breed Blades introduces the Medium Infantry Knife 03. Interesting. Uh, and I talked to Mike about this uh, before, uh, like in the beginning of the week, I think is that I'm getting into knives. Uh, it's just me and my son probably watching too much Forged in Fire, so I'm actually <laughs> getting into knife making, and so I'm, I'm getting into knives. I make so knives too, Nick. You gotta know how yeah. I make them. Uh, I, I thought you scissor. No, no. So what I do is I go to this website. It's called Amazon.com, or another good one is BladeHQ.com. I just Blade find HQ the design that I really like, and then I press the order button, and then... Yeah. When it gets in, all I do is take another knife, open the package, and I've completely forged my own brand new knife. In China. Well, I mean, actually, I think, no, my paramilitary no. three was made, wait, I think that is made in China. Fuck. If you're getting from Blade HQ, you're getting some even stuff. Yeah. yeah Blade HQ, yeah. but he was talking about Amazon, so he can Good fuck stuff. off with it. Well, I do <laughs> think that my Ontario ones were made in Taiwan at the very least. Yeah. Which Taiwan is its own country. Fuck you, China. You can suck a big one. Damn straight, and uh, these are coming in around two ten. So no, I'm not I'm spending two hundred ten dollars on them. It's Australian half breed blade, medium knife. Oh, that's Australian dollar. Yeah. Have so you looked at the Spartan? Yes, those are really good. I I have one. It nice. Has been to Afghanistan a couple of times, so maybe I should have just left it there. But you know, that's cool. <laughs> you would have left it there. Leaving, some, Biden leaving something else it. for the Taliban. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but next. Better. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that I, I like the Spartan blade, my fixed blade. Yeah. That, and, uh, as a woods knife, I carry more as more cans bowls and yeah. Yeah. Uh, next thing is uh, Primary Arms releases the new green reticle variant of ACSS Vulcan reticle. Uh, these obviously go on the Hollow Sun 507Cs, uh, and I will say I have the red one, 
and I love it. This was like my, well, I take it back. This wasn't my foray into Red Dots. I actually have a Trigigon RMR2, which I'm not a huge fan of, uh, but I got the 507 uh, Red variant of this, and it is awesome. Uh, I love it, and I got it on my duty pistol. So I, I'm loving their their ACCS or ACSS Vulcan reticle. Uh, it's great, especially for people that aren't you know are new into it because it's got that huge ring around it. I think it's like a 32 MOA ring to try and help you like find the the dot itself. And uh, it's a really good uh, trainer, I think, for red dots, which is one reason why I got it. So that way I can you know train people when I instruct them in firearms because a lot of people are going to red dots uh, in my department. So I can try and uh, train them on it. But green, obviously, is good for the colorblind. Uh, is this good for you, colorblind Mike? Yeah, actually, I was about to say, like, I've had a whole bunch of issues with red dots, specifically red reticles, um, with from an open emitter washing out into the background, depending on how the light is hitting the glass, how the light is hitting the target, et cetera, et cetera. But with my 507C, which is a green version, I've had absolutely no issues and, and multiple different climates from, you know, hell's hell's rainy storm to Satan's balls. It's hot outside. I've not had any issues picking up the dot and seeing it, regardless of what the backdrop is, regardless of what the light is shining, in, shining into the glass. So if you're colorblind, new to optics, and you want to get a good start, a green reticle is a phenomenal choice for you to pick. You got any uh, red dots in your guns, Mike? Or Chris, I'm sorry. Fuck. Uh, so I had a P10C with an Acro on it. But oh, that's right. I remember that. When my when Corona was kicking off, my brother-in-law didn't own like a defensive firearm, so I sold that to him so he could have something. And then uh, yeah. I think I'm going to get the Acro too on my Glock 48 in the near future. I really want to do the Acro too. Yeah, I really yes. want to try that, but I just want to wait and see if it's actually as advertised on like the P1. I will say that I had no issue with the Gen 1 Acro. Like, people complained about it, but I didn't have a battery life issue. Like, that it wasn't, it's not like a year, like, uh, but with like six months of battery repeat, and it tells you the time, like, you try to adjust it, like, you move the battery out. Nice. Uh, this next product I threw in here just for shits and giggles, uh, just because I saw it and I thought it was fucking ridiculous. Uh, this is the waterproof Seahorse P17, and this is a waterproof holster uh, thigh rig, and it's ridiculous as it sounds. It looks as ridiculous as it sounds. And for an MSRP of $180, they can go fuck themselves. And if you think this is a good idea, chances are you do not own a Glock, in which case you need to purchase a Glock and just get some maritime cups and your life will be better. This is going to yep. be in a GI Joe movie. Uh, you know it is. You know the fuck it is. This is going to be perfect for Cobra. Does it have a lock on it? It's got like a little, like a, uh, best I could describe it is like a Pelican case clip, it looks like. Yeah. Okay. No, that's it is, dumb. It's so fucking dumb. I mean, fire holes uh, are dumb. Yes, absolutely. And the last thing I got in here, just because I thought it was kind of neat, uh, is premium precision sight and targets from Sport Ridge. Uh, they have a couple of different models. They have a precision rifle sight and target. They have a AR-15 sight and target in MOA and mil. Uh, and then they have a reflex dot sight and target, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, you know, definitely, and they're all you know between like six to uh, twenty-two dollars. So it's not too terribly bad for a good target, uh, especially if you know what you're doing in regards to 
uh, you know, clicks and MOAs and mills and all that kind of stuff. Uh, targets, good targets are invaluable, so that way you're not wasting ammo and you're getting a good zero on your on your optic. Yeah, I agree. I run the uh, jumping jumping into a different one. Like those look really good, but I'm a big fan of the game break targets from uh, what is it? Right in the rain? From what? Right in the rain. They do the the cane break. Oh target. yes, yes. Those are actually really good too. A little bit pricey, have, but they're good. Yeah, I have stacks of those things, and that's like all I use for for zeroing and everything like that. Now, did you pay for those, or did tax dollars? I paid for them actually. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I got the the cane break ones. I didn't just steal the. So funny story. Um, we didn't have the proper targets for the range, so I had to bring in my cane break targets to to zero our platoon using the proper target for, for the range we just did. Oh, fuck that, man. No telling how much money you pissed away on that. Yeah, but, it, like, literally no target. So there was, like, some weird 10-meter zero target with V8s on it, and then that was it at the range. I guarantee you probably somebody said, like, uh, get some paper, go, like, to the fucking shop at, get some paper and a uh, Sharpie. <laughs> Something. All you need is paper plates, okay? That's all you need. Some pie plates. So pie plates yeah. and sharp. Yep. I'm sorry, skillcraft markers. Exactly. <laughs> and and if it's thermal optics, all you need is is the pie pan and some hot hands to put into the pie pan. That is a technique. Two nine volt batteries set together works as well. Um, you can take a Gatorade cap and put a chip bag in there, like the the mylar, mylar shiny part of a chip bag, and that'll have enough difference in heat. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what about you, Mike or Chris? You guys got any new gear that you want to talk about? I actually got a, a new product that came out that I would not mind discussing because it's very meme-worthy. What's that? It is the soon-to-be-forgotten Kimber R7 Mako. Oh, yeah, those things. Oh, the fucking... This thing, look, I don't care you what actually you got it? say. No, no, I don't got oh, okay. it. I'm just wanting to talk about it because of how bad it is. Okay, this thing... Looks like a Springfield Hellcat. It they looks like fucked a... Up, and they fucked up the rail. The flush fit capacity and the extended back capacity is the same as the Hellcat, which is 11 and 12 rounds. It looks like it would take down like a Glock, but it actually takes down like a fixed barrel where you have to pull the trigger, pull down on the tabs, pull backwards on the slide, and then lift up. And then, add insult to injury even further, it's an enclosed ejection port, kind of like a shotgun, and they're using an internal extractor like a 1911, which absolutely nobody wanted to see. Well, they're a 1911 company. Yeah, and I mean, this is apparent with how much they fucked up the rail. <laughs> uh, 100%, wild. I 100%, I would 100% be surprised if this wasn't actually produced in Croatia right next to the Hellcat. Yeah, it looks like a Kimber Solo and a Hellcat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they also, you know cheated and, and had an affair with talent grips <laughs> but i think doesn't that come standard with like a laser now too no so what they're doing is they and this actually lets me explain the enclosed ejection port they're claiming that having the an optics cut jeopardized the integrity of the slide so they made the enclosed inject ejection port to get that integrity back probably because they're smoking some integrity weed from integrity farms on south park i fucking uh, love that reference <laughs> thank you so the standard model is an optics ready MSRP 600, and then the optics ready model, which is coming with the RMSC footprint and a seat and a crimson tray CT 1500 optic, has an MSRP of eight hundred dollars. Now, 
I would rather have the Springfield Hellcat RPD, RDP. They really should have called it the RP. But no, Springfield had to fuck that up. Are you shocked, though? I mean, honestly, I figured that with how good Springfield is about marketing and getting people to buy their bullshit, I figured they'd at least name it the RPD. So that way they'd be like, this is the American RPD. All you'll need for self-defense purposes. But no, they named it some stupid bullshit, the RDP. You know, and it's probably because of the PDP. You were saw... there, just now. <laughs> no, no, it's like you know, the Walter PDP came out, and then Springfield comes out with the with the R RDP. It's like, guys, you know, you aren't supposed to copy each other's homework, right? Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll get off my tangent. Yeah, the Kimber, the soon to be forgotten Kimber R7 Mega, it's bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. And that's that uh, Indiana talk. Forgetting, we're gonna be forgetting tonight. Yes. What about you, uh, Chris? You got anything? <laughs> Nothing like jumping out to me now. I just got a new Eotech LVPO to replace my soul, which is What is nice. it, OD Green? It's not. God, man. Eotech yeah. is busting our balls. I'm going really to bust out a can of rat- a rattle can. But uh, there's that. And then. Honestly, the thing I'm looking forward to the most right now is when Hugh gets off his ass and releases that 8.6 Creedmoor because that seemed really cool. And I like short guns and a gun with a 3.38 caliber bullet that's designed for like a 10-inch barrel. It seems awesome. That is that is a very interesting thought, honestly. Like a like a Remington model. What's the little one? Like a Model 7? Yeah, or micro TZ action? Yep. With a 10-inch barrel? Man. Like east of the Mississippi, that will take care of You just get get a little bit of a chub thinking about it. Yeah, like 250 grain bullets flying, landing into things. Black yeah. I want to shoot a black bear with a 10 barrel. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, but other than that, there's nothing that's coming out that I care about. Which I think I'm you mean you don't you don't care about the MMP 12? Don't care. Fuck that, man. So how much they're charging for it? Jesus. Yeah. It's like uh, twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, they're Jesus wanting fuck. they're wanting Beretta thirteen oh one money. Nope. Nope. You know what they missed a they missed a golden opportunity with that? They should have inverted the loading and barrels, the barrel the the two the magazines and the tubes and the barrels, so it would be like the Halo shotgun. That's where they could Dude, have you know, that would have been yes. cool if they would have made it top loading with the barrel really low. That would have been cool. Yeah, and then they could have made up shit like, yeah, for science, like the Chiapa Rhino and lower. But in reality, uh, everybody. Lower knows. bore axis with a shotgun. Be better at skeet shooting. Ah. I want to see the Oh, jeez. That, that would be interesting, actually. Isn't fucking uh, Jerry Michalik uh, a Smith & Wesson sponsor shooter? Yes. Yeah, but he only likes the 930. He does not like this bullshit. I know he doesn't like this bullshit, but that would be a, a selling point. Like, if I work for Smith & Wesson, I would tell them, like, Mitchellick's shooter, shoot this fucking shitty shotgun and to let people think that we didn't fuck it up. As a thousand miles an hour. It's really hard to say that because, like, with how you change the bar- or the tube that you're feeding from, it's, it's that button towards the front of the trigger guard. So it's like, you know, you can bump that shit into something and inadvertently switch the tube you're feeding from to the empty tube. Well, it's going to get you killed on the streets. 
everything is going to get you killed in the streets, mate. This is true. Even a popsicle stick. I mean, you know, you're you're eating a popsicle. Next thing you know, you slip on the sidewalk, and you know the popsicle stick just happens to go up your nose and into your brain, and you just die. God, you say that shit, but like uh, my I get my ex steps, and I guess you could say it was my ex wife's son uh, was eating a popsicle stick, and he was playing, and that shit got pushed, and it went in the back of his throat and poked a hole. Ah. And it wasn't bleeding or anything. And we called like a, a nurse hotline for like that our insurance covers. And they were just like, no, it'll heal by itself. Just, you know, let them. They said like, don't eat like mushy shit. So that way it could go down there or whatever the fuck. I can't remember. I mean, everything gets mushy after you fucking chew it. These nurses obviously weren't that intelligent. <laughs> it made me calm down and it saved a hundred dollar fucking ER copay. So I'll take it. This is fair. This is fair. This is just like the case, the JC Curious thing where they're on acid and he calls, he calls the fucking, he calls 911. He's like, we're, we did a bunch of drugs and we're all turning into werewolves because we're watching this movie. And the lady on the 911 line goes, honey, that's impossible because tonight's not the full moon. Yeah, I could go on a whole nother tangent in the else, but anyway. <laughs> That, that's going to be the end of the Gun Gear News and Reviews segment. And uh, I'm a lazy piece of shit, and I forgot to pull up a gun culture segment, so we're going to skip it. So, sue me. But let's go ahead and start wrapping this shit up. We did it, we said it, we spoke. Yeah. We put it out, thought it was smoke. This is This is at home, right down the street, from Alamo. Yeah. Yeah, part of the days in, ain't taking no days in. Yeah, don't need a vacation, I need a replacement. Right. Bustin' the lights out as soon as we came in. Yeah. What are they talking about? What is retaining? Yeah. Well, I want to greatly appreciate you listening to another episode of the To A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate, obviously, our co-host Mike and Chris for jumping in. Uh, Chris, I gotta say, like, I was feeling down and depressed that nobody else from the meme chat decided to join us. But the fact that you showed up, like, it, it was it was amazing. Like, it was just like, if, so what? I had to bust out of retirement. Damn straight, man. <laughs> like, it's just like if fucking, it, I would have been, I was just as happy if Chris would have shown up. I was really hoping Chris, that way I could talk football shit to him. But uh, you definitely made my day by jumping on this podcast and i greatly appreciate it are there any groups that you want people to steer your way uh chris that way you can uh, get some more meme clout uh no i mean right now i just make memes and put it in that chat and let you guys steal them uh and the groups i have in, i don't want to get fair enough uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast where you're listening to is the best way to keep up with new podcast episodes. Uh, also, if you can, leave us a review. Uh, I can't even remember their names at this moment, but the two that left us the five-star reviews, uh, reach out to me on social media, shoot me a screenshot of where you left us the five-star review, and I will send you some swag. Anyone else, if you leave us a five-star review, Shoot me a screenshot, send it to me on social media with your address, and I will send you some swag as well. Steal your friend's phone and leave us a five-star review. Uh, I, just do it. I, I don't care how you do it. Just do it. Uh, also, go ahead and find us out on social media. Uh, we are everywhere at Too Late Lifestyle. You can find Mike at Just Pews on Facebook and Instagram and Tadcat Actual on Instagram. Check us out at JustPews.com where we send our 
articles that we write. Uh, I've been slacking. I haven't written any recently, Mike. I need to, to hop on that so that way I can give you an aneurysm for looking at my grammatical errors. Accurate. Accurate. Very accurate. And uh, also check us out on Patreon.com. Anything you guys give us, it goes directly back into this podcast. And sorry for the technical delays, but I believe that Chris and Mike did just fine. And boys, I greatly appreciate you coming on tonight. And have a good night. And until then, I will see you guys in two weeks. See you. Thanks for having me. Try not to have a sneeze attack again, Nick. It's not good for your health. (laughs) (laughs) Later, guys. Later.